Hey, this is Pastor Roy Barrett from Discover Life Church. Thank you for joining today's podcast. Now let's get ready to be transformed, have our hearts encouraged, and live the life God has created us to live. Enjoy today's teaching. The book of Judges, the book of Judges, the book of Judges, chapter number 13. Well, you can go to chapter number 16. Go to chapter number 16. I'm going to ask them on screen, will you guys just put Judges 13, verse 5? Because we're only looking at one verse from there. You go to Judges chapter number 16, everybody else, while they put on the screen Judges 13, verse 5. We're going to continue talking about this series of teaching entitled Relationship Rehab, from relationally frustrated to relationally fit. So I think this is week number three. Has this been helpful to anybody? Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, y'all turn the pages. Yeah. All right. Nice try. Okay. So, uh, relationally, going from relationally frustrated to relationally fit. Um, because here's the truth as a relational being created and designed by God, not only myself, but each of us, God has designed everything we need to be found in a relationship, first starting with our relationship with Him. So, if I'm the enemy, I would try my best to make sure all your relationships are jacked up and messed up. Because you would never enjoy life beyond the point of the health of your friendships and relationships. Not just romantically. I'm talking about at business. I'm talking about socially. I'm talking about spiritually. I'm talking about your natural kin. I'm talking about spiritual kin. If our relationships and friendships are not healthy and they're not stimulating us the way God designed, then to pray for a better life is counterproductive. Because oftentimes to change your life, you got to change relationships. That's the essence of salvation. (laughs) To change my life, I start with my relationship with God, and then I have to look abroad to my other relationships and friendships. So go with me, Judges chapter 13, verse number 5. Would you read this out loud, talking about the birth of Samson? Let's read Judges 13, verse 5 out loud. One, two, three, read. He will take the lead in delivering Israel from the hands of the Philistines. Chapter number 16 now. Chapter number 16, and I know from a, um, from a time-conscious standpoint, it probably would be best to read just a, a verse or two, but for context, please allow me to read um, the vast majority of this because I really want to set it up because today we're going to talk about boundaries. So we're going to talk about boundaries, and, and, and really the the... The foundation in terms of talking about boundaries, I'm really looking at it from this angle. When helping you is hurting me. So I, so I, so I, I want to read the context of the main story because some of us are familiar with Samson and Delilah. We, we've seen the movie, but I, I want to give you the full backdrop and then we'll unpack it. Is that okay? Because it's not, and, and don't keep this, and I'm trying, don't keep this just in a romantic context because some of you and some of us, it's the boundaries we have with our own family. It's the boundaries we have with the work relationships. It's the boundaries we have with people who are just our friends. It's the boundary I may have with another guy who's close to me. It's the boundary that you can have with your girlfriend. It's the boundaries that sometimes, if they're not healthy and holy and respected and governed the right way, I can be helping you and killing me at the same time. Judges 16, it is quiet, real fast. Judges 16, verse number four, verse four. Sometime later, he fell in love with the woman in the valley of Sorok, whose name was Delilah. The rulers of the Philistines went to her and said, see if you can lure him into showing you the secret of his great strength and how we can overpower him so we may tie him up and subdue him. Each one of us will give you 1,100 shekels of silver. So Delilah said to Samson, tell me the secret of your great strength and how you can be tied up and subdued. Samson answered her, if anyone ties me with seven fresh bowstrings that have not been dried, I'll become as weak as any other man. Then the rulers of the Philistines brought her seven fresh bowstrings that had not been dried, and she tied him with them. With men hidden in the room, she called to him, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. But he snapped the bowstrings as easily as a piece of string snaps when it comes close to a flame. So the secret of his strength was not discovered. 
Then Delilah said to Samson, you have made a fool of me. You've lied to me. Come now, tell me how you can be tied. He said, if anyone ties me securely with new ropes that have never been used, I'll become as weak as any other man. So Delilah took the new ropes and tied them with them. Then with men hidden in the room, she called to him, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. But he snapped the ropes off his arms as if they were threads. Delilah said to Samson, all this time you've been making a fool of me and lying to me. Tell me how you can be tied. He replied, if you were to weave the seven braids of my head into the fabric on the loom and tighten it with the pen, I would become as weak as any other man. So while he was sleeping, Delilah took the seven braids of his head, wove them into the fabric and tightened it with the pen. Again, she said, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. He awoke from his sleep and pulled up the pen and the loom with the fabric. Then she said to him, how can you say I love you when you won't confide in me? This is the third time you've made a fool of me and haven't told me the secret of your great strength. With such nagging, she prodded him day after day until he was sick to death of it. <sighs> I thought you loved me. I thought you cared for me. thought I was special. You ain't told me. thought I was the only one. You don't trust me. So he told her everything. No razor has ever been used on my head, he said, because I have been a Nazarite dedicated to God from my mother's womb. If my head were shaved, my strength would leave me and I would become as weak as any other man. When Delilah saw, I am always captured by that, when she saw that he had told her everything, she sent word to the rulers of the Philistines, come back once more. He's told me everything. So the rulers of the Philistines returned with the silver in their hands after putting him to sleep on her lap. Watch the way the lap you put your head. She called for someone to shave off the seven braids of his hair. And so he so began to subdue him and his strength left him. Then she said, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. He awoke from his sleep and thought, I'll go out as free as before and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. Then the Philistines seized him, gouged out his eyes, took him down to Gaza, binding him with bronze shackles. They set him in the grinding grain in prison. But the hair on his head began to grow again after it had been shaved. Go down to verse 28, though. Verse 28. Grinding in the grain in prison. Then Samson prayed to the Lord, sovereign Lord, remember me. Please, God, strengthen me just once more. Let me with one blow get revenge on the Philistines for my two eyes. Then Samson reached toward the two central pillars on which the temple stood, bracing himself against them, his right hand on one, his left on the other. Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. Then he pushed with all his might and down came the temple on the rulers and all the people in it. Thus he killed many more when he died than when he lived. So let's talk about boundaries. Father, thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in this place. We love you. We call you great and awesome. Our hearts are yielded to you. Speak to us now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The book of Judges can really be summarized in one theme or one phrase, and that is this. Everyone did what is right in their own eyes. That's the theme of the book of Judges. Everyone did what is right in their own eyes. When Moses knew that he wasn't going to go into the promised land, God instructed him to mentor, disciple, and let Joshua finish the work. Joshua finished the work that God started through Moses, but what Joshua failed to do, Joshua failed to leave a successor in place. And because he did not have a successor in place, God had to raise up judges who were temporary relief and rescue for the people who were living by their own perspectives and practices that always led them into slavery, captivity, and dysfunction. That when they found themselves enslaved, entrapped, living in poverty, living in captivity, living beneath the promises and privileges of God, then they would get serious about their walk with God and cry out to God, and God would raise up a judge, would raise up someone like Gideon, someone like Deborah, and God raised up Samson to provide temporary relief. The point is this right here. Just like a building needs structure for you to feel safe in it, relationships need structure. Relationships need boundaries. Relationships need guardrails. Relationships without 
any sense of boundaries are always going to lead to our demise, our frustration, and our dysfunction. Am I making sense? And so when you start talking about boundaries, here's what I want to make sure we're clear. Each of us, all of us, enter into relationships and friendships with good intentions. No one enters into the relationships for the most part with bad intentions. Relationships and friendships only become filled with perversion and frustration when boundaries are not respected. When they're not properly respected. What do you mean properly, not properly respected? I am saying that we start off with good intentions and we all bring boundaries to the relationship. The problem is they don't have the level of influence and governance that they should have. So we start adjusting the relationship to the boundaries as opposed to making sure the relationship always revolves around the boundaries. So I got boundaries, but I'm going to keep changing my boundaries so I don't lose you. So I'm going to change the boundaries to make sure I get the business deal. So I'm going to change the boundaries to ensure that I get what I want. And so we started off good, but time has a way of causing you to want to renegotiate what you told God in the former season you would never compromise. It is quiet right here. And when you, when you and I deal with boundaries, let me say this up front, because I want to make sure. Boundaries is never about the other person. Boundaries are always an issue of the individual. Ooh, it's quiet right there. So I love, there's a great book you can get. Dr. Henry Cloud got a good series. He specializes in talking about boundaries. Noted author, noted, pat, um, noted pastor. And one of the things he talks about when he deals with boundaries, he says, they are the invisible line of our accountability and responsibility. Our in invisible line of our accountability and personal responsibility. See, boundaries is not about somebody else. Boundaries is about my individual responsibility and accountability. Because nobody can make you sin. No one makes us sin. I cooperated because the boundary wasn't really true in my heart. See, watch this. So even as we continue this teaching, I want to make sure I'm very clear. For many of us, we have compromised boundaries on the, on the thought that I am trying to show support. I'm trying to be a good friend. I'm trying to be a good business partner. I'm trying to be a good husband. But listen to me. People only become and people always become burdensome and bothersome when we're dealing with them outside of the boundaries we know gives us peace and joy. You're always a burden when I am trying to relate to you beyond my boundaries. Okay, it's quiet. Am I making sense? See, you brought boundaries to the friendship and relationship and to the partnership. The person is, you can deal with them up to the point that you don't violate the boundary. Because once you get out of the boundary, they too heavy to carry. You don't have the grace to deal with them there. Because, oh my God, it is quiet. Oh, let's work this thing, y'all. Y'all gonna look at me with that tone of face? As long as I stay in bounds, that's where God gives me strength and grace for the relationship and the friendship. So, so I don't want you to think you're hearing God for your neighbor. It, it, it's, it's about it's one of the things that I thought was fascinating as a college student when P and PK and I met each other on the college grounds. It was the whole idea of us being so emotionally jacked up and messed up. It was the grace of God that we didn't um, fornicate, but we were so emotionally unhealthy and for her, her boundaries were tighter than what I grew up with. So to me, it was just like, girl, what you talking about? She was like, you know, I can, I can say bye to you right here. And, and it was the fact that 
I was, I had, for I think two years on college campus, I had my own room. And I'm like, you can just walk, you can just come on, you can just, you can just come, you talk, just come, you come rest between classes in my room. I've, oh, you, you, you've been sweating me all day. You might as well. She had a boundary that was tighter than what, what I was used to, and she brought that boundary. I had my own boundaries, and whenever relationships become unhealthy, it's always an issue of boundaries clashing. So I want to deal with how you and I can make sure if we're going to have healthy relationships, how we can deal with this issue of boundaries, boundaries in marriages, boundaries in friendships, boundaries in partnerships. And let's just deal with it. Samson was born with supernatural strength. God raised him and say, hey, I want you to be the instrument that's going to deliver my people from from any type of oppression with the Philistines who go all the way back to with um, the beginning. That was their main in the Philistines. And so. God raised him, but here's the deal with Samson. His whole life, he had an issue with boundaries. He always pushed the envelope. He always pushed the envelope with God. He pushed the envelope with his family, with boundaries. He pushed the envelope with his friends. He even pushed the boundaries envelope with his enemies. Everything to him is was centered around his attitude towards boundaries. And he becomes the case study that I want to talk about why boundaries are so essential. Are you ready? All right, number one, they provide clarity for my life. Boundaries provide clarity for my life. Because from the beginning, what we read, God told Samson's mom he is a Nazarite. He is a Nazarite, which meant there was a specific level of devotion to God and direction in God that he came out the womb he had to submit to. God, from the beginning, watch this, listen to me. From the beginning, God told Samson who he was and who he was not. Ugh. From the beginning, this is who you are and this is who you're not. Boundaries provide clarity. Here's the sub note on the side. Boundaries always begin with God's authority over my life, not people's approval for my life. I'm going to say it again. Boundaries always begin with God's authority over my life, not people's approval for my life. What are you talking about? As human beings, many of us have the, the unhealthy discipline of trying to start and create boundaries based upon people pleasing. People pleasing and people approval. And when you do that, you always set yourself up for confusion and frustration. Let me tell you why. Because you're no longer being authentic to who you are. Because they keep changing the boundary markers based upon how they feel about you. So you cannot try to have healthy relationship without starting with the submission to God's authority first. Because God's authority defines who you are and who you're not. There's no way you and I can be authentic outside of first submitting to God. Because I don't know who I am outside of his boundary of his word. I don't know what I can do outside the authority of his word. And I can't trust you beyond the authority of his word. Boundaries begin with God's authority over my life, not people's approval for my life. And if we're honest, the reason why some of us right now can't shake off guilt and shame is because we have allowed the need for people's approval to replace God's authority. We have replaced his authority with needing someone to give me approval. And the boundary marker keep changing. It keeps moving, and you and I got to stop and say, you know what? Uh-uh. My first boundary marker starts with me living under God's authority. It, it, it's, it starts there. Because watch this. If I get under God's authority, the wrong people automatically would be repelled. 
Okay. I've said it before, but let me pull it out for some of you who have never heard me say it before. The difference, one of the key differences between a river and a swamp is that a river has borders and boundaries. A swamp doesn't. That's why you find all the parasites at a swamp. Because you keep attracting and always attract the wrong parasites, gigasites, herbicides, anything else when you don't have boundaries. And the other part is this. A swamp doesn't move. So when you do not move with God's spirit and God's authority, you, your stagnation always attract what's unhealthy. Some people won't follow you just because you're moving. The clarity. So all I'm trying to tell you is this right here. I'm going to give you point number two. The more I am under God's authority, and that is my boundary in my relationships and friendships, the happier, or watch this, the cleaner and the clearer I live. See, I'm a Nazarite. There are certain things, and we have a Samson in here. Samson, there's a certain, as a Nazarite, there's certain things I just can't do. There's certain things I just can't practice in. There's certain behaviors I just don't engage in. And the more I have that boundary, the cleaner and clearer I live. My life only becomes dirty when I allow somebody else to replace God's authority. So, and, and let me, oh, I might as well go ahead. The clock, I know, y'all, y'all, today is one of those days. The clock, I, I got you. I'm going to try my best. Let me just go ahead and deal with this since I'm already in, these, in this level of waters. When you tell me the relationship is complicated, I'm going to tell you it's because God's authority is absent. Because the, the, the reason for the authority is for it not to be complicated. Clarity comes the more God's boundary is in place. Number two. Am I right, Miss Kim? Yeah, okay. All right, I, I got some help in here. Y'all looking at it. Number two. Watch this. Number two. Boundaries, you'll love me for this. Maybe this is where some of us are. Proves the motives of others. See, this is why boundaries are essential. It proves the motives of others. Nowhere in the life of Samson do we read, I believe, James. I got some scholars that y'all can let me know. Nowhere do we read God told Samson he could never tell the secret of his strength. Nowhere do you read that God told Samson you cannot tell. So now when we read the story, it's the fact that she kept saying, Delilah kept saying, tell me, wherein lies the secret of your great strength? Wink, hair toss, <laughs> eyes batting. Now watch this. Three times he tells her something. Three times she did what he said. Not only that, strange men keep popping in the bedroom. Now, here's what, here's, here's, what I want, here's what I want to make sure you're clear. When the Bible says in the room, it's not like they lived in a mansion. It, it's not like, don't, so don't think house like what you make, where you live. Those were tents. Those, they weren't super large. You, do you got me? It's not like somebody come running out the basement. You and, a, you and something smaller than a studio. Tell me, Samson, then all of a sudden all these men jump up. Three times? Here, here, here's, here's my point. Any pressure to prove your love is always a sign of manipulation and control, not care and concern. Any pressure to prove your love is always a sign of manipulation and control, not care and concern. Well, if you love me, you'll tell me. So you mean to tell me the only way I can prove my love to you is disobey God. So the reason for your presence is to replace God. Okay, see, I, I lost some. No, no. So the only way I can prove my loyalty is for me to violate the word of God. And you will only be happy when I'm in disobedience like you. Because true intimacy allows for the freedom of disagreement. Oh, God, come on. You can't have intimacy until I got the right to disagree. 
And boundaries prove the motives of others. Anytime someone says you have to, they have to pressure you to prove your love, that is always a sign of manipulation and control. Witchcraft. They don't, watch this, they don't have to get a doll and poke holes in it. They use their lips, hips, and fingertips. And hold, let me take it off the ladies. Men, let me, let me take it off the ladies. If the only way she can prove her loyalty to you, to you being the head of the house, is to give you moments of relief, or you're going to withhold your paycheck or not even romance her because of that area, Oh, you ain't a man. You a grown man with a boy heart. Boundaries prove the motives of others. Because watch this. Here's the truth. It's not our yeses that shows somebody love us. It's our noes. It's their response. See, watch this. Do you respect me for a boundary that doesn't gratify your flesh, or do you retaliate against me for a boundary that don't let you have? Ooh, God, that one was that that was. I said, see, do you respect me for the boundaries that makes you uncomfortable, or do you retaliate? So I, I had an hour phone call yesterday with um, a young lady who's like a sister, and just sharing her heart about a relationship that has now terminated and ended an hour. I told Chris, I said, out of the over-hour conversation, I probably spoke five minutes. I just needed to let her talk. I just needed to let her because she's feeling embarrassed. She's feeling, I mean, she just inwardly. And out, and out of all of that, she started sharing. She was just like, how? She just like, and because I would not sleep with him, I wouldn't hear from him for three or four days, and, you know, and she and then and she was just like, I apologize to him because we did sleep together. And 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 I apologize for even opening that door up. Um, but after that, he said he forgave me. But then he was still trying to press it again. And when I tell him, no, we can't do that. You know, we you know, we, we can't. I apologize. I wish I should have never gave in the first time. She said I wouldn't hear from him for three or four days. Then he called. Back. And, and I said at the end of it all, I said, you know, I love you. And she said, I know. I said, delete. I said, delete. I said, delete. I said, it's over. She said, so you don't think I should try? I, I said, it's over. It's over. She said, so you, I said, it's over. I said, because he has just told you and he has shown you. It ain't going nowhere. Boundaries proves the motives. He don't love you. He lusts for you. It proves the motives. Boundaries allow me to participate in relationships and friendships that don't pressure me to prove anything. But trust me and give me the freedom to love without any strings attached. I, and I'll add it this, and I was guilty early in my life of, of thinking that, you know, once even when you get married, that that person got to just spill their heart right then and there with everything. You got to give a person place and space to keep unfolding. Well, I thought the two become one. Yeah, but there's some things you also got to let them deal with as God deal with them to let it come out. You got to, well, she should be telling me everything. How is it that you want her to always check in with you, but you don't want her to che- you don't want to check in yourself? So you always got to know where she is, but but when she calls you, you retaliate. Is it give room to grow? Boundaries help prove the motives. Number three, watch this. Boundaries protect me from deception. Protect me from deception. Am I making sense to anybody? What do you mean protect me from deception? Because after he told or after he crossed that line, he hair was shaved off. Samson, Philistines are here. 
he jumped up like normal. I got this. Three times I done, I done whooped their tail three times in this little season of my life, and I got a history of whooping them tail. The scripture says, but he did not know the Lord had left him. He did not know the Lord had left him. Let me tell you why this is important. Because truth is never found outside of God's boundaries. Truth is never found. I may sound arrogant. I may sound prideful. But I believe I am biblically and scripturally correct. You would never convince me that you are living your best life and you are living out of bounds concerning God's word. That's just me concerning scripture. You would never convince me that you doing it God's way and you out of bounds. I started to find a video. I couldn't find it, James, um, of a video like when players are shooting, shooting ball and, you know, they're out of bounds or whatever. And it, it looks good. And, you know, it's like, man, that, that's good. Shot. But the ref is saying, don't count. It don't, it don't, it don't, it, I don't care how good you look. I don't care how many highlights. I don't care how many likes on the YouTube channel. If you are out of bounds, it don't count. And some of us are deceived because we look like we're winning. But the wrong one is giving you a scorecard. And it is possible to look like you're winning even though it don't count in the real game of life. So what happens is I got to be protected from self-deception. And in the Bible, 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 deception and deceive is always attached to this right here, to cheat. Meaning, whenever... I am being deceived. I am always operating on a price tag beneath the value God has placed on my life. Let me, I'll prove it to you. Let me, I'm going to take you back to the story. When he crossed the boundary, he lost his eyes and his freedom. They conquered, subdued him, and they gouged out his eyes. He is a prisoner and he's blind, which meant, Kevin, he had to live life based upon somebody else's interpretation and explanation of what's best for him. Somebody else had to define life for him. And whenever you and I are living off somebody's explanation, primarily, they are defining life for us, you are deceived. Because they are giving you their version of truth. And their version of truth is always the truth that keeps them as the one that's reaping the most from the friendship. So, okay, am, am I making sense? Because he's blind, so they got to interpret. But they leave it. You know, it's like watching. You know, <laughs> PK doesn't like, uh, I told y'all, she, she don't do action. You know, she don't do suspense. She, she's Hallmark. That's it. Hallmark and Food Channel. That's it. You know. But every now and then, an action movie come out that she sees parts of it or she hears about it. And here's the line. This is how, this is how y'all can pray for her. This is what she says, Paul. This is what she says, Paul. She says, go see that movie and tell me how it is. Or she'll say, let's go see that movie. And the kids, like the, the boys and I, it, it could be a PG movie. But if it just has that boom, 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 all this stuff, she'd be like, oh, no, no, no. And so, and, and she said it recently about seeing something, and even Tyler looked like, for real. And he and I both thought and said the same thing, for you to watch the movie like this. So I'm going to pay by $15 at night for you to look at the movie like this. Here's my point. Some of you got friendships and partnerships where they got a hand over your eyes, and they're telling you what's going on. And you're being strung along further and further away from purpose and destiny. Boundaries protect us from self-deception. So it's not that friendships and relationships are all bad. It's the fact that you, you and I need boundaries so I can stop living my life based upon primarily what you tell me. 
So I can get so you can tell me something. I'm in the word enough to know, like, that's your opinion, but that ain't truth. That's your preference, but that ain't truth. That's watch this. That is my that may even be something to how you was raised. But just because. okay, okay, here we go. Just because you experienced it doesn't mean it's still true. Because some of the things we've experienced in our friendships and relationships, it happened, but that's not God's truth for your life. Stop elevating experiences over God's word. Judge your experience by his word. What, what are you talking about? It, everybody, oh, go to church, just have a good time, shout, feel good. Ooh, I had a great experience in church. But did you have truth? So you were shouting over stuff that God can't even co-sign. Boundaries protect me from being deceived. So I don't settle for friendships and partnerships and relationships that devalue who I really am. So I don't engage in partnerships and friendships that put me on discount when God called me to live on wholesale. See, I took it. Greatness costs what it costs. Have a boundary. Let's see. See here. We're praying for all the singles, the marriage. Uh, I love influential marriages, the marriage ministry and DLC up underneath Eric and um, Melinda Simmons. I love how they lead. I love what they're doing. I love the programs. The plan. I love I love how they've divvied up all these prayer requests from the singles and how we're praying and how we're starting to see fruit. Even now, even before Thomas and Leah got engaged, some of the singles was like all of a sudden now, you know, they're going on dates. Things, people are happening and, and they're going out. And I'm just like, good. God is moving. I tell single ladies this and it applies to men, too, but especially in this culture. Have a boundary that is so deep and so strong to purity that you cause a male of God to rise up to the level of being a man of God. See, your boundaries can make the wrong one become the right one. So I, see, I just lost some of you. See, he may be the wrong one because he's never encountered a woman with boundaries. But now that you got boundaries, now all of a sudden he want to be. See, he may, watch this. He changing just because he love you. Oh, come on, y'all. Come on. Stay with me. You can put a boundary in place till that man rises up and say, I'm going to be whoever I need to be. Because if that's what it takes to get that type of woman, oh, yes, I will be at church. Just be patient with me until I can get the weed out the way, till I can get my finances straight. Boundaries will pull you up. Protect, they protect you from deception. They would never put, they don't pull you down. They will make the, oh my God, let me get out of that. Watch this. So let me get you, number four, number four, let's go. Number four, boundaries preserve my strength. What do you mean? Because when Samson crossed the line, he lost supernatural strength. For the first time in his life, he is defeated. For the first time in his life, <laughs> kind of like Deontay Wilder. From the, from the fight, like, from the first time, like when Mike Tyson fought Buster, for the first time, for the first time, he has tasted defeat. You want to know why? Because obeying boundaries never exempt us from battles, but they always guarantee our victory in battle. Obeying boundaries never exempt us from battles, but they always guarantee our victory in battle. See, the battles that you're designed to win, you'll always lose when you try to fight them outside of God's boundaries. What most of us do not always grasp when it comes to the story of David and Bathsheba, we forget the opening statement that says at the season, at the times when kings normally go to war, David stayed home in the palace. Because he didn't go fight the battles he was designed to fight. He lost the battles that was never his in the first place. 
so he it preserves my strength. As long as I'm engaged in the friendships, relationships with healthy boundaries, God gives me a grace, a supernatural strength to overcome, to overcome what's designed to defeat, discourage and distress me. Let me tell you where some of you are. And I really feel felt this in praying this week for many of you. The reason you keep giving up on friendships and relationships so quick and so easy is because you don't have the strength to fight for the ones that you really should be fighting for because you spent too much time fighting outside of bounds. So when you need the strength to really fight for the friendship and relationship, you're too tired because you've done so much out of bounds. Now you ain't got the strength. You're too tired. So now because the marriage has been out of bounds so long, now you ain't got strength to to fight for it. Keeping boundaries doesn't mean I'm just built for battle. It means I am built for relational success. It's easier to win the battle when you're fighting in bounds. But once you go out of bounds, now I'm too tired because you know why? It's my strength now. It's, it's my, you know, one, one of the things we always tell premarital counseling um, and we met, I don't know who we're meeting with, uh, but we were meeting with somebody and we, would, and we told them this week, this week, and it was like, look, take the D word off the table. A couple like, take the D word off the table. Just take divorce. Take that off the table. If you enter into the relationship with that being an option, you ain't got strength to fight for it because you already got an escape clause. You, are, you entered into the relationship with a way out. But when I have sealed it in and for 20 some odd years have made this vow with all my heart, I believe this is forever. What we have done is we have said, God, in this confinement, we got strength to work out whatever we need to work out. Well, I ain't happy. I'm going to go home. I'm going to go to Virginia and just stay with my mom and my sisters. Well, I'm going to load up three kids. And we'll be right here. First thing, home is wherever I am. And as long as we're in bound, we've had to, we've had battles that we've had to fight, and you could be tired, and you know the enemy. One time, early in our marriage, one time, we went through such a crazy time. I said, I, I told her, here's the illustration. I said, Pastor Sheila and Pastor Martin, I said, I feel like we're in a boat out in the ocean and surrounded by sharks. I said, but I feel like I'm trying to fight my own shark. You're trying to fight your own shark. I can't even come and help you with your shark until I deal with my sharks. But here's what we know. Both of us are in the boat, and we are fighting the, the same enemy, just in different locations. As long as we keep fighting, we'll come back together at some point and sometime and deal with what we need to deal with. But right now, just keep fighting. Because there's strength found when you and I obey boundaries. Long summer, every relationship isn't a season for you to cut it. No, the relationship in many cases are about you and I deciding to get in bounds and let God give us the grace to defeat what's trying to divide us. Can I tell you this? It's, it speaks more of our maturity. Give me some freedom. Don't I know we're black and white. Uh, and said in my heart, more is known about our maturity, our character, and commitment by being able to weather seasons of unhappiness than just jumping ship because you're not happy. The goal of marriage isn't to make you happy. That is not the goal of marriage. The go oh, gosh. The goal of marriage isn't happy. The goal of marriage is transformation. The goal of marriage is God uses an imperfect people to increase you in godliness, holiness, and righteousness for the accomplishing of his purpose under the permission you gave God by saying you believe you can be more effective doing the will of God as a couple than as a single. So the goal of happiness is a byproduct of you obeying the boundaries of being married. Because if you weren't happy as a single, you ain't going to be happy married. Oh, all that I preserve my strength. Let me give you this last one. I'm over time. Boundaries promote God's purpose for my life. In prison, he's blind and, gri and grinding, but his hair started to grow. 
And then he said, Lord, give me one more chance. I kill them all. I kill them dead. Eight to 80, cripple and crazy. Wannabes and jigaboos and everybody in between. Just give me one more again. Now, isn't it funny? Samson didn't appreciate and adjust his life to boundaries until he got into a season of captivity. So the last one, they promote God's purpose for my life. He, he didn't get a clue. And even in his prayer, you can see he still don't get it. Because he says, I want to kill him for what they did to me. But there's a part of him that understands I was supposed to defeat them a long time ago. And I kept playing around with them. And the guilt has him praying. Watch this. The guilt has him committing suicide. I'll die with them. The guilt of not being true to boundaries is I'm going to do the right thing that God that you told me to do at the beginning. And because I still got this guilt and this unresolved hurt and shame, just let me die with them. This is why I want to tell you this right here. Boundaries always feel like punishment. But they're really for our fulfillment of God's purpose. All his life, he thought boundaries were punishment. But they're always given for fulfillment of God's word. Don't wait till you have to have a season of captivity and blindness before you recognize boundaries are for me to do his purpose. Ooh. Uh-huh. You don't need blindness. Captivity is only needed because we won't say yes in the light. Amen. I'm going to let y'all just, I, I'm going to get some coffee let you pause on that one. Mm -mm. Captivity is needed because I wouldn't say yes when I had the freedom. Because I played with my freedom, God says, I'm going to get your cooperation through darkness. So I'm going to let your money get tight so you can recognize boundaries are needed for you to do my will. And so boundaries are given to promote God's purpose for my, they always push. Now, here's how I'm ending this, because I feel like, and I'm going to take a moment, and I want to pray for some people. I feel like, and I didn't feel like this at the beginning, but the more I kept massaging this, I started just feeling like, man, that's where a lot of people are then, God. That a lot of us, we know we've done things, and we have primarily engaged in friendships and relationships, and we've crossed the line. But notice, his hair started growing back. And I feel like for many of you, God wants to let you know, look, your hair is growing again. The story don't end with you just living a life full of shame and regret. The hair is growing. That's God saying you can get the boundaries back in your life again. You can get the boundaries set back in your life again. Watch this, because in some form or fashion, if his hair started to grow, that means he made a heart change. Somewhere he made a And this is why the bit, one of the things, um, Kim, to recognize is that boundaries can always be renegotiated. When truth and transparency has been brought back into the relationship. See, it don't have to be one and done once truth is brought. That's why when an affair takes place, you have to you can't just say, let's skip over. And make it like it was. No, now we got to now because you went out of bounds. Now we got to renegotiate. But we can't renegotiate until truth and trust has been reinserted into the relationship. And so that's how God says, God says, I know you might have went out of bounds. I know in the friendship to get the business off the ground, yeah, you, you compromise your integrity. You compromise the character. To get the job, you call it fudging the resume. I call it you lied. <laughs> you just use different words. You know, you were you said, you know, you called yourself a manager, but you ain't managed nobody. But even though that's how they hire in the call center, customer service manager. But you use words like manager oversight and you only had oversight over a cup and a stapler and some pencils. <laughs> so, I, mean, so I, 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 you know, I, I got you. You start fudging stuff. And God says, I want to let you know that the reason I'm giving you boundaries is so that 
you can be about my business. I want, here's the big so what? My greatest blessings from God always happen within my boundaries in God. My greatest, there was, um, I remember one time I went to Florida and it was some years ago and I saw some of the people who I grew up with and I was, and we were in a house, Crystal wasn't with me, she was home with the kids. I saw one of the young ladies from the from neighborhood and it was a small area where I grew up and and a lot, most of all my friends were Facebook friends and one of the young ladies looked at me and she said, and she had, she wasn't in the original coming together at the house, she had came late from work and she saw me and she greeted and stuff and so time has gone on. Um, and so Tatiana, you know, she looks at me and she said, I hear what you're doing, um, you know, all the preaching and all that other stuff. And she said, but you need to leave here. And so I'm kind of looking and, and she jokingly, but not jokingly, she said, because I, I, I'll make you leave your wife. And I was just like, and so, so, I, so I'm sitting there, I'm going to go, I'm going like, okay. And I said, um, <laughs> so I told you I got hood like tendencies. And so I'm amongst I'm amongst all my you know all my friends and they they know the good the bad the ugly all all about my life, and I and I and so I, I look at her and I said, ain't nothing you got that watch this, it's not even an issue that I need, I don't want. And the reason you will offer is only an indication that you don't even know your own price tag. So why do I need to come to a lesser woman when I have a greater one? As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, what, what's your sense of purpose? What are the primary values that guide your decision and behavior? Do you have any sense of compatibility whatsoever by which a man can come into your life? And by fact that you have to stutter and can't even contemplate what I'm asking you already tell me you're not qualified for me to even entertain the possibility of giving myself to you. It's above me. <laughs> so... So I'm trying to tell you, I'm not exempt from boundaries. That's why I'm grateful that I'm surrounded by great leaders who hold me to boundaries. So here's, here's one of the boundaries. I'm going to go ahead and put it in the air so you, won't be, um, so you won't think it's strange when you don't see me one Sunday or you don't see us one Sunday. It's been a long time since just she and I have gotten away. Not, no kids. Just, just... It was like, it's just, just, she not, watch this, not for a conference, not for a church event, just to go where nobody knows my name, so nobody asking me to prophesy, preach, or pray, so I can just sit on the beach for 30 minutes, because after a while, I, I got to get up and leave. But I can just sit there, eat me some calamari, get me an honor palmer. I can belch, do whatever I need to do, have, have ashy feet, ashy ankles. I can do whatever I want to do. I can look at Bonanza, Big Valley, and I can just be me. It's been a long time. So you know what I got? To, so I got to real. I told her, I told her, this, I told her yesterday, uh, the other day, Friday, because she's talking about next year we need to start planning. I said, the year ain't over. I said, I can't, no, I can't for that. I got to do that because I need to show my kids. That I love you, but y'all got boundaries. Because we keep going the way we're going, defects. So I need to put some space between us. So, that, so I'm just saying that. Your take-home challenge this week, here's the take, I'm done. Commitment. I want you to commit to reestablishing or establishing boundaries in two areas of your life. For some of y'all, it needs to be financial. Get back to tithing. It's a spiritual thing. Get back to tithing. For some of you, get back to coming to church on a consistent basis. Stop saying one week on, four weeks off. Get back to reading the word. Get back to praise and worship. 
just two. For some of you, it may be mental. I'm a, I need to reel in the way I've been thinking. Mental boundaries. For some of you, it's physical. I, this relationship, and, all right, let's put the boundaries in place. PK and I on the college camp, we had to say, okay, for now, we just say goodbye outside. Somebody came to me at the church last week and said, you know, talk to me about repentance. I said, what do you want to know? They're like, what, do I need to talk to somebody else about it? I said, oh, no, you don't. No, you ain't got to go in, I ain't got to go into a room and put, put something over me. No, no. I said, you got a Bible? He said, yeah. Okay, 1 John 1, 9. He's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness when we confess our sins. That's, that's all you need to do. He says, but what? I said, oh, forgiveness ain't the issue of feelings. I said, you just, if you mean it in your heart, you forgive it. I said, now here's the part of forgiveness that we need to make sure we're clear. Make the adjustments. I was like, you know she got a place by herself. Say goodnight at the street. Say goodnight at the street. But when I'm a grown, that's what got you in trouble. Say goodnight. And, and here's the old adage we had to live by. When you don't know what else to say, say goodnight. Stalling leads to sin. Stalling. I just don't want to leave. Yes, you do. We don't know what to say. Say goodnight. And then read Psalm 16 every day. I said, I want you to read the whole things because one of the keys in there is the boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. I love you. I hope you got something out of this. What? You're such an encourager. Mike is such an encourager. You're such an encourager. He was back there standing. I appreciate your encouragement. Let's do this real fast. And I know all of us mess up and make mistakes. But here's who this prayer is specifically targeted to. If you're here and you know, man, in my friendships, in my relationships, I'm like Samson. I know I've crossed the line. But I heard you say, preacher, that the hair grew. And I'm like Samson. I'm asking God for just a clean slate and a new start. And I want to live my life by the boundaries that allow me to have healthy, holy, and happy relationships, starting with his authority. Will you stand? Okay, I see you. Stand. There's no judgment. There's no condemnation. Stand. Stand. There's more. I know. See, the only thing will keep you seated is your pride. And it's not just physical boundaries. It's emotional. You're getting emotionally attached. Now, it's not physical promiscuity. It's called emotional flashing. Where you tease people with just allowing them to go into a level of emotional connectivity, even though you ain't going to go and experience anything physically. So you become emotionally tied to too many men. So I know these are the last call. Last call, I'm going to pray. Anyone else? You know, gosh, I want to reset, restart. I want to reset. Emotionally, maybe with your own family. I need boundaries. You're in debt because you keep trying to fund people that you know you don't need to. That's a financial boundary. And the only reason you keep giving them money is because you don't have your boundaries set in your heart. You're a it's an unhealthy tie. Anyone else? Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Don't even think. Come to this altar quickly. Don't think. Just walk down to the altar. Don't even think. Just come down to the altar. It's all ladies, but I know this will be some, some brothers should be here. But I'm. Come, just come already. Come close. Come all the way. Come all the way. Come all the way. Just spread all the way across. Spread all the way across if you can. Those of you behind them, put your hands on their shoulders. Every person. Seanette, you can just get in here. Y'all get in here. I want to make sure everybody's coming. Father, I just pray for your daughters, and I just thank you right now that today would be a day of demarcation. Today is a day of new beginning and clean slates. Just like Samson, I thank you that as they've made the adjustment in their hearts, the hair is growing again. But unlike Samson, 
as they commit to doing your purpose for their lives, they don't have to die, but they will live. And the boundaries that they have submitted themselves to are going to cause them to see the fullness of your blessings. So even now, I speak a cleansing, a restoring, a renewing over their life. I thank you right now, God, that you make all things new. 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 We thank you and we honor and we bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. I pray you enjoyed today's teaching. Let's keep in touch by subscribing to the Discover You podcast. Be blessed.